Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren. Today I'm going to talk about conversation. I think there's a perception that if you're always talking with your partner, then it must be superficial or something. You know, how was your day, dear? Great, I had a great tennis game, then the bartender came out right at the right time, brought me my favourite cocktail, and the housekeeper made me a natural face mask to wear by the pool. How was your day? But really, what I'm going to go over today, you can improve your conversation with your spouse, but, but not in a superficial way. So you're going to still maintain that closeness and still have great conversations, no matter how long you've been married. So please, I encourage you, listen through to the end, as the payoffs of great conversation are immense. When you know your partner intimately and they know you really, really well, it's like a giant defense mechanism against the invisible forces that try and bust up our marriages, like you know, ongoing disappointment, temptations to go elsewhere, disinterest in physical intimacy, nagging, laziness, stuff like that is just comes in because you haven't got good conversation, you're not maintaining a, a level of closeness where you can talk about stuff, talk about what's going on in your mind, the good stuff and the bad stuff, but not just the bad stuff and so I would encourage you to listen close stay till the end so you get all the goodness of this think of it as another layer of insurance or protection for your unshakable strong steadfast and sturdy relationship so here's the question for those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship who don't put our highlights real on social media and pretend it's all rosy where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers who can give me real-life encouragement Help me be a better spouse and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat. That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. Now, just before I get started, I just want to clarify something that I was talking about in the last episode. So in the last episode, I was talking about when you get into a funk and how we'd got into a funk because we hadn't had any sleep and we're kind of bickering the next morning. But what happened during the night was our daughter had kept us awake because she was crying and crying and she wouldn't tell us what was wrong. And I said, and so in the end, Josh threatened to put her outside. And he did put her outside. And <laughs> and and talking about why he felt so stink that he did that, um, you know, and kind of got in a funk because he was feeling a bit stink about how we dealt with, how we both dealt with the the night. And so, I just want to clarify: we didn't put her outside and leave her outside. We just kind of opened the back door and went out there with her, and then brought her back in. So, don't worry, we're not like putting our kids outside in the middle of the night and leaving them there to sleep. Okay, good. Glad I got that one straightened out. Josh and I always have so much to talk about. We've always just talked and talked and talked. It's um, something that we that we do like we chat for quite a while each day a little bit we try to while the kids are around uh more maybe more once they're in bed or in another room playing because they're still a bit young and it's still a bit hard to be uninterrupted for more than two to three sentences at a time but this is because of a few things we learned early on and we we've used them consistently so when you want to have good conversations consistently with your spouse without being superficial or losing that closeness because you there's that myth that you can't think of anything to say. So over time, as you're married longer and longer, there's nothing new. You know, there's nothing new to talk about. It's all just the same, uh, the same Groundhog Day every day, right? And I just want to dispel that myth that you run out of stuff to talk about because you've been married for a while. Because we've been married for 14 years, and I don't see it running out. And so I think though that we've got to ask ourselves if we are running out of stuff to talk about. Or we think we haven't got anything to talk about. Are we just spending our time doing other stuff and it's just an excuse that we think we've run out of stuff to talk about or is it just that we've got other stuff we see we want to do or that needs doing and we just go and do that instead of going, oh, 
I'll just sort of stop for a minute and talk because I notice that when we're having a conversation, it's actually kind of hard to be doing something else at the same time. So you do have to not do something else at the same time, which can be a little bit hard for some people because there's, there's always so much to do. But did you know the average couple spends only 20 minutes a week, a week talking? And according to relationship experts, we should be spending 20 to 30 minutes a day. So because we're married, we assume we know everything about each other, right? Or that they can read our mind already. Big mistake. Or that they're not interested. Maybe but maybe because we see them reaching for that device when we kind of start to have a conversation. So we think, oh, they're not interested in talking. Now, I pride myself on not knowing every single thing about Josh. I, I actually find it a personal challenge to learn new things that I didn't know about Josh. I consider it an achievement when I've made a discovery. Like It's kind of like a discovery of gold inside a plain-looking stone. Not, not that Josh is a plain-looking stone. I think he's got a hottie in him. Not just saying that because I know he listens to my podcast while he's running. <laughs> Love you, Joshy. Hope your run's going well. <laughs> but I know he can't read my mind. And I don't want, definitely don't want him to assume what's going on in my mind, which is why I have to converse with him. And it's whether it's something that's bothering me or exciting me, or whether it's something that's bothering him or exciting him, it's the both both of those things are worth sharing because this makes him know me better or makes me know him better. And that intimacy, that shield over our marriage is, is reinforced. And if we think they're not interested because they reach for a device or they pop downstairs to do housework or they start being busy when we get home or when we are about to start saying something, it's probably and most likely not that they're not interested in talking, but that they are interested in doing whatever they're reaching out to do. So if that's happening, you know, maybe all we need to do is say, hey, can we catch up? I'd like to look into your eyes for a bit and catch up. And, and better yet, catch them when they just get home before they get a chance to start something. That is if the kids aren't jumping all over them, right? We've got to pick our timing. Or as soon as you emerge from the kids' bedroom after bedtime, or hopefully, you know, it's, it's at a time before they've started something else or that they're not in the middle of something. But don't think that if you have bad timing and the conversation isn't happening because you've been married so long, your partner isn't interested in talking, okay? You, they're probably just in the middle of something or you're probably just in the middle of something. So either you just wait until they finish because they've just started something or they're in the middle of it, or we can just ask them politely if they can just give us a few minutes and we can stare into each other's eyes or... Can I have a few minutes to tell you about something exciting or an epiphany I had today? Or can I just have a few minutes to tell you something I like about you? <laughs> you know, by all means, sell it to them if you have to. At first, especially to get their undivided attention before you're getting into a pattern of having regular good conversations. You can sell it to them. Say, hey, I want to talk to you about something that I really like about you. Or I just want to tell you how I respect you. Can you just look at me for a minute so I can tell you properly? And after a while of regularly doing it, you don't need to sell it anymore but I think it's still good to do these things to just to, to take some time to go hey can I talk to you about how awesome I think you are so the second excuse or the myth that people tend to think of is I'm useless at thinking of things to talk about our life is boring I can't just talk about the kids all the time you know that kind of thing so if you think of anyone you've gotten to know really well over the years how did you get to know them you talked and you talked about anything and everything you just talked about whatever's going on in your lives and it wasn't all exciting stuff it was, you know, yesterday I went to the shop and I bought an ice cream. I mean, there really, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be adventurous stuff that you talk about all the time once you're married. And, but it also doesn't have to be, you know, just about the kids all the time or just about the washing or just about the, you know, the chores. It could just be about whatever's going on in their lives or in your lives. So a hint, ask questions about them and what's going on. Um, and 
make it make it positive as well. I, I would say that this is a big thing because if your conversations are often talking about stuff that you're worried about or you're stressed about, it can get a bit wearying and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But when you're talking and it's something that's not not so cool that you're trying to talk about and trying to work through, always try to think of a silver lining to stick on the end. So that's why a good time to talk is, you know, if you don't have the kids jumping all over over you when you get home, is what, what happened that day? So how was your day? What happened? What sort of things went on that were interesting or that, you know, that were just standard stuff but you noted something different about it or you made an observation that's new? Or it could be things that the other person needs to know. There's often information you need to share, like, oh, I booked in the car for a service tomorrow or this is happening tomorrow or there's a teacher-only day coming up, things like that. They are good conversations to have because it's news right and it needs to be communicated better than forgetting to tell the other person right you can talk about conversations you had with others that day something funny someone did a podcast you were listening to now that's a great one you know if you listen to podcasts even you know while you're doing the, doing whatever you're doing mundane tasks driving things like that it always just you know stretches your mind a little bit because it gets you thinking about something different and it's great to have conversations about that afterwards Josh often tells me about podcasts he's been listening to and I tell him about podcasts I'm listening to. It's it's really, really interesting and it grows us both. You know, even if you want to talk about what colour rug you think you'd like to get, if you're worried about, ah, oh, our life is boring, I don't want to just talk about or they're not interested in just talking about this mundane, mundane stuff, you know what you can do to spice it up is you can add the emotion part of it so that it, you know, explain why it's interesting. Like if you said, oh, I want to get a green rug for over in the corner, you know, they'll say, okay, yes, darling, uh-huh, and, you know, start doing something else. Maybe they might not be interested in that. But if you said, I want to get a green rug in that corner because, do you know, that I've seen this green rug and it's the exact same green that is this this jewellery that my grandma used to wear and I've got this this necklace and I forgot about it and I got it out today and I just it just makes me so happy or, you know, whatever it is. You can tell a story about why you want to get that colour rug and it makes it interesting and it makes a conversation out of it. Or talk about one of your hobbies. God forbid you haven't lost your hobbies because you're so busy with the kids and stuff. You know, like keeping up our hobbies is really important, even if it's just a, a minuscule amount of time per week where we just do even one of our hobbies. Or talk about where to go on your next holiday, a cool thing somebody did for somebody else. You know, like there's so much that if you turn off that switch that says, our life is boring, there's nothing really to talk about, and you just go... There's actually a whole bunch of stuff happening each day that we could talk about, even if it's just an observation about something new that's grown in the garden or there's some new strawberries to pick or, you know, it could be anything. But please don't tell yourself you're useless at thinking things to talk about because I guarantee, like, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, there's something different and there's something interesting and maybe you need to sort of switch your thinking and stop telling yourself it's not interesting and start telling yourself, what can I talk about that is interesting because I want to build that int intimacy with my spouse. I want to be close to them. I want to talk to them and I want to get the conversation flowing. Okay, and the third, I guess, myth or the thing that people tend to, I guess it, it, it convinces them not to have good and consistent God, good conversations with each other, is thinking that the other person is not interested. Now, if you really think that they don't want to talk to you, and it's definitely not because they're just in the middle of something, or that there's something urgent happening and so it's not the right timing, you know, it might be that they've had frequent bad experiences in the past. So, Here's a few things that might be happening. One is that one of you might be talking about, I guess, down in the dumps kind of stuff. Like, I've got this problem, and this is a problem, and this is a problem, and this is a problem, right? Now, just this is a stereotypical thing for guys, but girls also do this. Guys just want to fix it. 
Like if you tell your husband a problem, they just want to fix it for you. It's just a natural response. So if you, you say, this happened at work and this is bad and this is bad and this is bad, then they'll say, do this, try and do that, try and try that. And when when a female's response and stereotypical responses, you know, they're not saying this, but they're thinking this, don't try to fix it, I just want you to listen. But the, the, the thing is that it gets tiring. Like if you're often talking about stuff that is per, could be perceived as needing fixing, but you're just talking about it because someone needs to listen and they feel like they can't fix it, like they don't know what to do about it, or that they can't tell you how to fix it because you get upset. That can be draining. And if you have a frequent pattern of that, then, yeah, somebody might not want to have conversations after a while if it keeps being like that, right? So try and keep it positive. Like I said before, try and think of a silver lining to stick on the end or an observation that you've made or some kind of learning that you've had or try and think of the next step. What's the next thing to try to resolve this that you can stick on the end to help that conversation, right? Sometimes we need to talk it through, right? Definitely. And we don't and sometimes we talk it through to work it out. But try at the end to think about what your conclusion is so far. You know, so what? What next? Otherwise there's still that gap there and it's left hanging and they still feel like they need to help fix it. And if they have no idea how to fix it, then that that leaves the other person feeling with a uh, a low feeling. And again, this is a stereotypical thing for a guy, but it's definitely I definitely feel that too when someone tells me a problem I want to fix it especially when it comes to relationships it's not so easy but it's not just a guy thing and so keep it positive talk about hard stuff and good stuff but but try and but try and bring it back up at the end of the conversation or or during it another thing that gets us thinking oh they're not interested it might be that we in the past have struggled to be a good listener so if we've had conversations in the past and there's a pattern where the other person doesn't feel like they listen to, then maybe there's that pattern that makes them feel like they don't want to have conversations anymore. And so it's a good thing to have a few tips in your in your toolbox about how to be a good listener. So these are these are basic things. So it's things like looking them in the eyes, giving eye contact, nodding not trying to think of the next thing you're trying to say while they're saying it, not talking over them while they're still talking. And and basically, I, I guess if you're a really good listener, sometimes you want to repeat back what they've just said. Instead of asking another question and, and asking the next thing that you're wondering about, it's just saying, oh, so th- is that what they said? Oh, so you felt like that was that? And oh, you noticed that that was happening. And you just kind of, it's called reflective listening. So you just kind of repeat back some of the stuff they say and it shows that you're listening and that you heard what they're saying because we don't always need to resolve it. We don't need to fix it for them, especially during the process of talking it through and working it out. We do this exercise with our couples in our pre-marriage courses where we get them to practice being a good listener and a bad listener. So what we they, get, they take turns and one of them talks about something they're interested in. The other person, the partner, has to be a good listener for a few seconds, like 20 seconds. They're just listening, they're paying attention, they're giving eye contact, they're just nodding, uh-huh, uh-huh, and things like that. And then when we give the signal after about 20 seconds, they have to be a bad listener. And everybody naturally knows how to be a bad listener on purpose in this exercise. We don't have to tell them. <laughs> so they start looking away, they start doing other stuff. And we we really, we, we ask the couples after each time that we do the exercise, what did you notice? And they always say, you know, when someone starts being a bad listener, I felt like I couldn't even talk. I couldn't, the words couldn't come out. I just... I forgot what I was saying, I couldn't concentrate. And so it, it makes a huge difference when someone's giving you eye contact and just and being a good listener and you feel like 
you can work through whatever you're working through or talk through or share what you're trying to share. Another thing I've come across in the past is, you know, if there's a pattern of the other, you think the other person's not interested and it's, you know, again, it's not because of the bad timing or, or things like that. Is it, you know, there's a potential that the, the way that one of the partners talks about something could often be, I don't know, boring or too much detail or there's so much factual information in there that the other person finds it hard to listen to. And I think this can be common, you know, where somebody has a very specific job or a, or a job that's got a lot of technical detail and they like to talk about it because they're interested in it. I used to have a friend whose husband would just, you know, come in from servicing the car and talk about how, you know, they'd take that cap off and then they put that fluid in and it started to drip out. So what they'd do is they'd go underneath and they'd to plug it in, plug it with something and they'd to fix it like that. And the wife is kind of like, this is right over my head. I'm One, I don't know what you're talking about. And two, I'm not really interested. And so, you know, and that was regular. And so they got into a pattern where if he started talking about something he was interested in with so much detail, she would just sort of turn off and not listen. And that's hard. Like, I understand how that dynamic can happen and it, it could be not that they're talking about boring stuff but that it's uh, it's hard to understand or whatever I mean Josh sometimes talks about his flying and, you know and the technical stuff to do with you know the the, the way they have to navigate the, the plane or and he's told me some stuff about people kind of dying or having heart attacks on board and what they have to do but instead of uh, I guess like there's there's two sides to it he's he's talking about something that is quite interesting because it's something different from what happens in normal life, right? And also, if he's you know if he's talking about the the physics of how a plane flies, something technical like that, it's it, you know trying to be interested as well because you know I might I might learn something new, but also it's a it's a way for him to talk through stuff that he's talking through. So one you know, it really helps to try and be a good listener. And on the other hand, it really helps to try and insert, if you're, if you're the person talking and you find that you do talk a lot of detail and the other person finds it hard to listen, is again like trying to talk about the emotion rather than just the facts all the time. So if you are passionate about what you're talking about, then you talk about why you're passionate about it as well or why you're upset about it as well, rather than just the facts of the situation. So I've talked about three myths or or kind of roadblocks that come up where we feel like we can't have good conversations and so we don't talk so much together about just everyday stuff so much when we've been married a while or we think that we, we won't be able to or that we can't. And so I hope that when you've listened to these, you've thought, oh, actually, yep, I identify with that. I've got the, the wrong thinking about that and I can flip that around. I can change this and I can have some interesting and some good conversations with my spouse and I'm going to be able to talk about hard stuff because I'm going to, you know, I know some stuff now that can make it work. So if all this did was bring you closer together, wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it to give some of these things a go, increase your intimacy and your closeness and, and just strengthen that shield of protection around your marriage and that 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 bond that you have together that's nobody else's business. So I hope that encouraged you. I am having an awesome week learning a whole lot of stuff that I'm studying, and so I hope that you guys are also having an awesome week learning some new things, doing some cool new things, or if not, that you're enjoying what you always do because you love it and you're doing what you love, or if not, that you are thinking about what you would love to do and thinking towards how you could start doing more of that in your life. So have an awesome week. I'll talk to you again next time. Ka kite.